Hello again, everybody. This is the Tigers Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Schulte. This episode recorded on, well, now Tuesday, August 30th, 2022. Very early good morning to everybody. Um, episode 25 of the podcast. And uh, we're gonna we're just going to talk about um, some things today and, and see where things are going. Congratulations to the Detroit Tigers. They're one win away from their 50th of the year. I should have been saying that in June or July, but I'm saying it in August. I wouldn't even have minded saying that on the first in the first part of August, but I'm saying that at the end of August. So there you go. Um, a quick injury update. Michael Pineda did throw another rehab start on Sunday. He went five innings, um, gave up a couple of hits, didn't walk anybody, struck out a few, but you know what? He's he's that kind of pitcher. So he looked fine. Uh, he will probably be back. Let's see. He went on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. My guess is he'll open up the schedule or the the series in Can- against Kansas City on Friday. Um, let's check out the week that was. Detroit split the series the series with the San Francisco Giants, actually splitting the season series two games apiece. They each went one and one at home. Um, Detroit looked like the old the Tigers of old by only scoring one run in the first game and then came out and actually scored six in one inning in game two, giving Matt Manning his uh, giving Matt Manning a win. A win in which he went six, struck out eight, and didn't walk anybody. Matt Manning over his last three starts, I think it's four walks, 20 strikeouts, and he's averaged, he's had six and seven and six innings in those three starts. So we're finally starting to see what Matt Manning can do, and we're at least this Tigers fan is very impressed. Um, go back to the injury report real quick because Austin Meadows is still working out in Detroit, not engaged in any real baseball activities as far as he's not doing any game stuff. He might go down tomorrow as my guest to Toledo to do some rehab stuff. I honestly don't know. I don't know if they're just going to write this season off for him. Um, you get two call-ups at the end of the month, at the beginning of next month and a lot of people in the know are saying that Ryan Kreidler is going to be one of those two call-ups, and then they're probably going to call up a, a, a bullpen arm. So probably Angel uh, Angel de Jesus um, would be my guess because he's been up here before. Uh, either him or Drew Carlton would probably be the two odds-on favorites for that. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that uh, we just don't know. Uh, last week... Um, well, that was a couple weeks ago, actually, that Willie Peralta was released. Um, no, it actually was last week. I'm sorry. It was last uh, last Tuesday. They, they DFA'd him on, on the 19th of August, and they released him on the 23rd. Um, this way, he can go out and find some uh, a place to play for the rest of the season. Um, and, um, you know, we wish him luck. We wish him well. He served the Tigers well in his year plus that he was here, so... Um, now on to, uh, other things. Um, Detroit is 49 and 78. 
my guess is is by the end of by the by the time I do this podcast next week they will have clinched a losing season um, which really sucks and um, you know we'll see where they go from from here but they've played well in their last four games they went three and one in those last four um, a, a win against San Francisco and then two out of three against uh, against Texas you go down to Texas and you score 26 runs in that ballpark. Now, granted, they gave up 17. But you take what you can get, especially when you've scored 6, 11, and, and 9, and you lost one of those three games. Detroit, of course, losing seven to six on Friday night, but they carried it over into the into Saturday and Sunday. The the the, the offensive output and scored eleven on Saturday and nine on Sunday. So I was pretty happy with that. I'm pretty happy with the results of that of that weekend series. I'm not happy uh, with not so much Alex Lang's performance as as Gregory Soto's. Okay, so Drew Hutchison went six well went five and a third and then um, Andrew Chafin went an inning and two thirds uh, getting two double plays in that in that time um, Alex Lang gave up three so Chafin gives up two in the in the um, inning and two thirds that he goes And then Lang gives up three in the seventh, sorry, in the eighth, and that's fine. Okay, I look. Everybody's going to have an off day. My problem is, is when you call in your closer with a four-run not lead in the ninth, he shouldn't be giving up three runs. It's a left-on-left -left matchup, and he gives up an absolute bomb to Corey Seager. Now Corey Seager's hit. 29 homers that's the first homer that he's given up to a lefty Gregory Soto should eat lefties for lunch and he he didn't do it on Sunday he had control issues he's had control issues the last few start or the last few appearances he's he's been up and down there's been a couple of times where he's pitched really well and there's been a couple of times where he's pitched like a absolute dumpster fire and he needs to sort this out he really does need to sort this out. Joey Menez, of course, came in and got the last two outs uh, of the game to, to secure the 9-8 nine, the win. But he shouldn't have had to do that. Not that it mattered all that much because Joey Menez hasn't, hasn't pitched all that much in the last few days. And Soto, of course, hadn't pitched since... Um, Wednesday, I believe, in Detroit's 6-1 win. So Soto hadn't pitched in three days. Didn't pitch Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. <clears throat> Jimenez shouldn't have had to come in. Soto should have been able to close that thing out, cut it off, and, and, and handle his business. He didn't. And that's a problem. 
this team going forward is going to need a closer. AJ Hinch has built a spectacular bullpen, and I can't I can't believe I've actually said I'm actually saying that about the Tigers. They actually have a decent bullpen going into next year. I mean, it revolves around a, a couple of key situations. It revolves around Chafin deciding that he wants to exercise his player option and stay. But based on the things that they've done in that bullpen this year, even if he goes, they've still got an extremely solid bullpen. And let's not forget Michael Fulmer's a free agent at the end of the year, and he loves, he's, the Tigers have been, that's been his team since he got traded from the Mets for Ioannis Cespedes in 2016. He came up and won Rookie of the Year in 2017. So, at the end of the day, there's a couple question marks in the bullpen because we don't know what's going to happen with Chafin. We don't know what we have in Soto. Is he going to get his slider back and be the pitcher that he was last year? Or is he going to pitch like a dumpster fire? Because, okay, you got a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, but a 100-mile-an-hour fastball can still be timed up. With hitters these days, a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, if you don't get all of it, it doesn't matter. All you really have to do is drop the bat head on it, and, and it'll go. So... He needs to sort himself out. I want to talk a little bit about Jake Rogers today and the things that I've heard about Jake Rogers and the things that people might be wondering about with Jake Rogers. Jake Rogers, for those who haven't listened to the podcast before and who don't know the Tigers roster as well as as some other people do, uh, is one of the key pieces in the, in the Justin Verlander deal from 2017. So Jake Rogers, Cam, uh, Daz Cameron, and Franklin Perez were the three people that came back for Justin Verlander from the Houston Astros. And Jake Rogers was the first of those three to get a call-up in 2019. Didn't do very well in 2019. He got called up at the trade deadline. And, yeah, Actually, he got called up a couple days before the trade deadline, and he did all right. He, he struck out way more than he got on base, and he only hit like 180 or something like that. But he, he played... He played, the, he played a decent catcher. Didn't get called up at all in 2020. He was alt-sighted in 2020. He got called up last year in... Actually, I believe he made the team. No, he got called up last year when Detroit was going to... When Detroit had uh, Eric Haas and Wilson Ramos as well. And the catching tandem became Jake Rogers and Eric Haas and Wilson Ramos went bye-bye. And then of course, 
in right around this time last year, in August of last year, he got put on the injured list with what they called a pronator strain. It turns out he needed to have Tommy John surgery. And so he did. He's taking batting practice now. He's throwing again. And people are probably sitting there saying, well, what's wrong? Why isn't he, why isn't he back on the field? Why isn't he in a rehab assignment? Because as a catcher, you need a different type of arm strength. And <clears throat> pitchers and catchers, I think, are the two most difficult to deal with Tommy John because of the way that they do what they do. So pitching is not a natural motion. Throwing a baseball is a natural motion. Pitching is not. Because of what you do and the way you do it, pitching is not a natural motion. So, a pitcher actually, to, to pitch a baseball, to do what Jacob deGrom does, to do, to do what Max Scherzer does, to do what Justin Verlander does, to do what Eduardo Rodriguez does, to do what Araldus Chapman does, is actually harmful to the body. It's not healthy to pitch. Catching, a lot of people think, oh, well, they just got to catch the baseball and throw it back to the pitcher or throw it down to second. Oh, no. A little more difficult than that. And this is where the problem comes in for Jake Rogers. This is where the extended rehab comes in for Jake Rogers. And this is where the patience comes in for the fans who want to see something in return for Justin Verlander. Because I think, in all honesty, Jake Rogers is the best piece that we'll get from that trade. I don't even know if Franklin Perez is even with the Tigers anymore, if he's even in their minor league system. And Daz Cameron, I just don't see it with him. He might be, at best, a decent journeyman. But he's never going to be a starting center fielder. He's never going to be a starting outfielder. Not for an extended period of time. His defensive skills are really good. It's his offense that's going to hold him back. So, Jake Rogers is going to be the big piece that we get back for, the, for Justin Verlander. And, and, and it's going to take a bit. I honestly don't know if he's going to go to how well he's going to be going into spring training next year. I mean, yes, he's got all this time to rehab, but the problem with a catcher is, is not only are you throwing the ball back to pitch to the pitcher and then throwing it to second, possibly throwing it to second base. That's all well and good, but you're also throwing the ball to third. If a runner is trying to steal third, you're throwing the ball to first if you're backpicking somebody or if somebody hits a ball out in front of home plate, you grab it and you throw down to first. You're throwing the ball to first to complete strikeouts. You have to throw the ball to the pitcher or whoever's backing up a play if there's a wild pitcher, a passed ball, and there is a runner on third and, and you're trying to, to keep them from, from scoring. 
So the different angles that you have to take with your body and with your arm and the things that you have to do to your elbow, which is where the UCL is, are different from any other baseball player, from any other position player on the field. So let's be patient with Jake Rogers. Is he going to be Salvador Perez? No. Is he going to be Tucker Barnhart? Maybe. Does he have the potential to be Eric Haas? Possibly. What Jake Rogers is going to do and what he is going to be is Jake Rogers. I don't think we've seen that yet. I don't think we do see that until after he rehabs from from Tommy John surgery. Once he does that, then we can start thinking about it. Then we can start looking into what is he going to do? What is he going to be? Until then, we really don't have any idea and we can't expect anything from him until that. AJ Hinch likes him. AJ AJ Hinch <clears throat> AJ Hinch knows a thing or two about catching. Ryan Garko likes him. Ryan Garko knows a thing or two about catching. So you know, let's look at this from the standpoint of this is going to take a little longer because of what he has to do and how specialized the catching position is. Other quick news, Spencer Torkelson has raised his batting average by about 45 points. He's up to now 227 with a few homers and some extra base hits down in Toledo. I don't expect to see him until spring training of next year. So there's there's another there's another thing to 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 watch for next year and we'll get into that once the season's officially over i.e. once um once everybody has has finished playing the regular season so Detroit this week three against Seattle three against Kansas City let's look at the schedule for the rest of the year They've still got Kansas City, a home and away series. They've got a home and away series against Chicago. They've got um, a home series against the Twins, an away series against Baltimore, home home for uh, for Houston, away for L.A., and then a doubleheader to finish uh, a four-game series in three days to finish the season in Seattle. So... You're looking at hundred and twenty seven games, thirty five games left. Can they go eighteen and seventeen in those thirty five games? Hmm. We'll see. They seem to be going at a one and one split. So Right now they're 49 and 78. They will probably lose tomorrow. You know, I, I, they'll probably go 
two and four in their next six games because then they'll be, or sorry, four and two in their next six games or something like no two and four, and then they'll be they'll be right at thirty games under five hundred like they've been all year. My boys are going to go. The record is going to be. Um, well, whatever 30 games under is. They're going to finish. They're going to finish the season. You know. Right around thirty games under, it's not. It's not going to be pretty. I could say seventy and ninety-two, but that's twenty-two games under. So sixty-six and ninety-six. But at least they won't lose a hundred, and that'll be good. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can Tigers Baseball Podcast at gmail.com. It's the longest world's email address. I'm proud of that. You can also catch us on Twitter at Podcast Tigers. Many thanks to Anchor for distributing the podcast check out our youtube channel um we are there and happy to be there and uh, we need to get to 100 subscribers so subscribers so we can have a custom url there you go until next week i'm chris schulte thanks for listening everybody go tigers